whatever you're facing today, whatever your, whatever stage, um, <clears throat> circumstances you may be in, it pays to look to Jesus. I know when I look at my own strength and my own self, I begin to sink and uh, <clears throat> begin to get anxiety and but the Lord is teaching us to live by, by faith. And that's not always easy, but it's, it's a, a growing experience, test up and down a bit. Sometimes our, our faith is being stretched. Well, we've just come out of a week of prayer, and thank you for praying and those who signed up. But may it, may it be just an ongoing heart attitude of um, being quick to hear, slow to speak, as James said it, um, being able to just come into his presence, to <clears throat> push away things that may hinder us, put away things that may hinder us. Um, the Lord loves when we set aside are hard for him and say, this, God, I want to seek you. <coughs> I was doing pretty good until this morning again. I was, <laughs> my voice cracks. And God is not concerned necessarily about the words of your prayer as much as he is your heart. God knows your heart anyway. And when you struggle finding words, Romans says that sometimes the Spirit prays through us. How does that work? When you don't know how to pray, there's a deep sense of urgency or need some call it a burden, that the Lord himself would place upon you. But the good news is that his spirit <coughs> prays through you. Too deep for words, it says groanings beyond your, 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 your words. There's a spirit in each of us. We have a spirit. But the Holy Spirit wants to link with your spirit so that you would pray in the perfect will of God. Isn't that something beyond us? Where you literally become a vessel, an instrument, so to speak, a channel. Uh, the Old Testament is we learned that the prophet would speak for God when the Holy Spirit would come upon them. New Testament, we receive the Holy Spirit at the beginning of salvation, and we can have more of his spirit as we seek God, as they did in the book of Acts, and they experienced the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and they were empowered with the power beyond themselves, and they were able to go out and speak like 
no, none other. In fact, some of them recognized them as having been with Jesus. Wouldn't that be something if someone recognized you having been with Jesus? What, what, what is that verse? It's in the book of Acts. Hey, that is describing, what that's describing is, in fact, these people, disciples, Peter, John, were not educated guys. But they spoke as if they had been educated, in fact, beyond. Remember when uh, Jesus <coughs> was referred to him, Jesus speaks as one with an authority. What was that all about? It was the grip of the Holy Spirit. Some would say that was an anointing. We learn about the anointing, and it begins in the whole te Old Testament, but the anointing still carries on into the New Testament, where we have the Holy Spirit oil representing the anointing. How many want the anointing? You can have the anointing when you seek God. And you come out filled beyond yourself, and you might even get a little excited at times. Some would say he had a, had a spell back in the old days and growing up in this thing. Well, they were just having a spell with the Lord. They were just getting lost in the spirit. And God is, wants to do something that will change us and keep us going for him. Well, that's just a mini-sermon prior to the message that I, I'm going to share from Colossians 1. I have been uh, wanting to continue on with the theme of prayer because I believe prayer is the backbone of a Christian. That's where the strength. I believe that the church that prays is going to be a place where God is pleased and that God, in fact, is going to impact the community. People are going to notice if you're praying. People will notice you having been with Jesus. But Paul is writing to the Colossian church, and these are a group of young believers that have recently come into the faith. And Paul starts his letter out addressing as himself as the apostle of Jesus Christ. He, he addresses the, verse 2 to the saints and faithful brethren in Christ who are at Colossae. Grace to you and peace from God our Father. We give thanks to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Notice, pray always for you. Listen. The responsibility, first of all, lies on the leadership, I believe, as this scripture is saying to us, to pray for the saints, to pray for one another. Why should we be concerned about praying for one another? If you were the enemy, who would you target first? Obviously, obviously people that are on the other side. Guess what? We are targets for the enemy, but we're not living in fear over that. 
the fact of the matter is Satan is afraid of Jesus. The fact of the matter is he knows where the power is. And he can't stop a praying person. He can't stand to be in the presence of God. And so when you're praying, you're doing battle that is in accordance with the will of God. Paul is very uh, concerned, as he, you see in much of his letters, when he writes to these, these young believers, he's, he's afraid at times that when he leaves the, the new disciples, that the wolves will come in, the false prophets, the false teachers will come in and destroy them or begin to carry them away and pick them off. So Paul was concerned for the new believers. So number one, the church needs to be in prayer for one another, praying for the saints, praying always for you. I'm not, I'm not sure he meant that he was praying you know, every second of the day, but he was, had a consistency about his prayer life that he would mention. Actually, I can see him mentioning the names of the people of that church. There's something about when you call the names of people. God knows the names of your friends. God knows the names of your people that are on your hearts. God knows the names of your people in your, in your heart for your family. God is concerned when, when you're concerned. In fact, the matter is, what is it that God would, what would you say, what is God mostly concerned about today? I think we would probably come to some kind of an agreement that God is concerned about people who have yet to come to know him. He's concerned also about people that are walking with him but are also struggling to stay in track. So therefore, we must continue on. Pray without ceasing. How should we pray? Paul goes on. He prays later in these verses. Verse 10. Verse 9, actually. For this reason also, since the day we heard of it, we have not ceased to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding so that you may walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, to please him in all respects. <clears throat> what does our society need? It needs people that will walk in a manner worthy. It needs people that will walk the talk who will demonstrate a true re relationship that comes out of their heart, that comes out of it. I don't have to do this. I want to do this. And so then when we get ourselves to a place that we are walking not in our own strength, but we're walking in the spirit of the Lord. All of a sudden... Things begin to sh fall off. We don't need these 
things in our life that we used to once maybe have to think we have had to have, they fall off. And God the Spirit gives to us something way better than the world ever has to offer and ever will have to offer. There's so many people in our community they have yet to come to understand that they can have the Spirit of God. It's right there. The whosoever will call on him. So when I talk about the church needs to be in prayer, it really comes down to what the Lord's heart is, what is really on his heart constantly is to seek and to save the reached people that have yet to come in to the family of God. There's so many people in our, in our world, in our community, who maybe have started out with God somewhere along the line. Maybe they got, a, maybe they got some, some inter, introduction to the Lord. Maybe they were once walking close to the Lord. But there are many people that are, need encouragement to get on track to be what they ought to be in the Lord. Part of the vision that I felt the Lord was putting on my heart coming to this community as I was praying about it constantly, uh, bringing it to the Lord. I believe he was speaking to me. There are many of those that are in the community who have fallen away from me. We would call them backsliders. doesn't mean that they're not necessarily saved, but it may mean that they're not in fellowship with the Lord. You see, God loves people just as much as, as the lost, as, as much as one's in me. Uh, out of fellowship, but he still is yearning and wanting those to come home for him. The great celebration that happens in heaven, as the scripture says, over one sinner that repents, the angels in heaven get excited in heaven. What would it be like if our Lord walked in today to our fellowship and we could visibly see him? What would our what would our hearts and minds be excited? Would we fall down and worship him? Would we cry, holy, holy, holy is the Lord? When Jesus has come to seek and to save that which is lost, what is it that should be our desire as we become a disciple with the Lord? One of the things that he desires for us to come to is to not only be seeking the Lord for what we want, but we're seeking the Lord for what he wants. One of the signs of becoming more mature in the faith is coming to realize it's not what the church can do for me, but what can I do for the church? One of, the, one of the most happiest days in our life when we figured out it's not about us, it's about them. It's about those who have yet to come to understand. So many, so many people have been maybe perhaps uh, influenced in a negative way and they've taken it as an excuse by the church. Well, they're just a bunch of hypocrites. You know what? There always will be hypocrites in the church. Let us not look for hypocrites. Let's look to the, to the Lord who is true, always Jesus. The fact of the matter is we will fail from time to time, but we know 
that we need Jesus. We're willing to admit that. That's the secret. When we're willing to admit our need for him. So we read later on in Colossians 3. By now he's getting into uh, admonition to keep seeking the things above. He's, he's, he's encouraging them on. That you can live your life in such a way that would be led by God. The, the secret here is to set your mind on the things above, not on the things that are on earth. How many are, have ever heard the statement, he's so heavenly minded, he's no earthly good? You, maybe, maybe you've heard that. I heard that from time to time. What, did, what in the world are they talking about? Well, I believe there's a balance. Well, we are on the earth. We are living in this physical body. Um, being willing to admit our weaknesses is, is okay. Being willing to admit our need for him is also a good thing. When we, we, when we only think about this problems that we if we can get so wrapped up in what the world's problems are, and we can get so so and so and what's the word enveloped with with all the problems. If you only watch what the problems are going on, we're gonna we're gonna be swallowed up, right? So here's the other side: keep seeking the things above. Where's where's Christ now? He's seated at the right hand of God. That doesn't necessarily mean he's just sitting there doing nothing, right? That phrase, he's seated, he sat down, remember, in the beginning of, uh, of Hebrews, he sat down. What that represents, he finished his work necessary for our salvation. And so now, other verses that we need to pull into this is that Jesus said in John's Gospel 14, I go away, right, to prepare a place for you. So the Lord is at work right now preparing a place for you. Another angle of it is in Romans we learn that he intercedes for us. Jesus intercedes for the saints. Think about it. The devil's trying to get at you, you know. Circumstances of life. We can't always control. The rain falls on the just as well as the unjust. We don't, uh, we don't have answers when it... For example, someone, one of our friends passed away just, just last week. Uh, complained about her head hurting. Boom. She went and she went down. She went into the hospital, didn't make it. An aneurysm. And before that was it was fine. We just don't have answers. We know this. We never know about tomorrow. The key is we're not going to live here forever. The good news is he's preparing a place for you and I to live forever. He says here further into Colossians three. Set your mind on the things above. Well, well our, our minds are powerful. 
we begin to think about what is good, what is, what is that which the Lord would have us to think about. When we begin to think about himself, who he is, what he's done for us, what he's going to do for us, we begin to sense that our life is hidden with Christ. As, it's, as we read here, you have died. What do you mean you have died? Your inner man, your fleshly man has died. Your surrender to him, you have put aside yourself and you say, the Lord, come into my heart and be Lord. When Christ, who is our life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. There will come a day when we shall see him and we shall be like him. What do you mean you shall be like him? You will see him as he is. You will be like him and like you will have a heavenly body that will be fit for heaven. And that you will be able to commune with God face to face. That cannot be done right now in this this body, right? When Moses went to the mount and he was face to face with God, God kept himself in a cloud. He did not reveal all of himself. Otherwise, Moses couldn't have lived. And it was by his grace. And when Moses cried, show me your glory. I want, to, I want to go deeper with you. God protected him in the rock. As he passed by, he let him see his backside. An interesting parallel that has to do with that which is to come. We are going to be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. What should the church be praying for? As we know, it's the last days. What should we be praying? How should we be praying? We can find in Scripture, as Paul prayed it this way, that you may walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. What's going to change people in this world is not going to be anything that was made up by man, but that which will be demonstrated by the power of God. That only God could have done what has happened. And so you walk bearing fruit in every good work, increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all, I love that verse, strengthened with all power. How many need that strength today? I know we would all say, I need the Lord's strength. I cannot do this in my own strength. I cannot be what I ought to be in my own strength. When Gary just tries, then it's... And oh, when I call upon the Lord and just say, Lord, have your way. This is all about what you have for us. It will be worth it all. When the early church was waiting upon the Lord in the upper room. I'm sure there were a few in the crowd in the group that would just say, you know what? It's not happening. And probably were a few that even drifted away. But those who wait, 120 it ended up being, 120 waited on the Lord. Suddenly from heaven, a mighty rushing wind came. Oh, how it was worth it to receive from the Lord. 
that power carried them on. It was like a launching pad, like a rocket missile that carried them into the community. They spoke the word of God with boldness. They were praying for the sick. They seen even uh, people that would, they said Peter, that Peter was walking by and his shadow that people wanted to get to him for prayer, but just even if they could get by his shadow. What extraordinary miracles were taking place, but these were ordinary people, right? Like we talked about Elijah, remember? He had, had a nature like ours, with any praise, and God shuts the heavens, and then he prays, and God opens the heavens for rain. God is using ordinary people. Calvin had a book called A Plowman, a Plowman, a God you raised up to be an evangelist, and miracle after miracle. It was just simple people waiting on an extraordinary God. Can we dare to believe him today that he wants to do something special this year? Could we trust him for your future, that you are not going to, to just sort of kind of coast along and make it. Somehow we're going to make it, but that we're going to actually be victorious since, and we're going to go. The church that is praying is a church that is in, in tune with the Lord. A church that is praying on behalf of the community is a church that God is going to bless and use. God wants to use you and I to, to seek them, those that are hurting around us. God wants to blow into our hearts every day a fresh wind, a fresh wind, a fresh oil, so to speak, a fresh bread. Whenever you go to the scripture, <clears throat> the word of God is living and active. So it's always fresh. I mean, remember fresh bread growing up. I mean, even now, if you get a treat once in a while, fresh bread smells good, right? When the freshness of the Holy Spirit, what will awaken our, our, our community is when there's a fresh wind, a fresh touch upon a person's life, he will bring a difference. He will bring a good thing. How about it? God has a fresh anointing for you today. God has a fresh word for you today. Jeremiah says, call upon me and I will show you great and mighty things. God doesn't show us everything because in Scripture, Deuteronomy 29, 29, it says the secret things belong to God, but the things he has revealed to us belong to us. There will be a day, I believe, where he will reveal himself more and more. But right now we have enough because we have what is called, this little word called faith, which takes constant effort. Faith. Faith. I will give. I will seek him. I will, I will walk not by, in my own understanding. The church needs to be praying for one another. The church needs to be praying for the community. Let me ask you this, and I've been, it has been a person on my heart as I drive by his little house, his little trailer house. I just know him kind of in passing. 
I don't think he's ever been married. I don't think he's, he's, he's kind of from like Aiken Roots, kind of the name. And God is, every time I go by, I just kind of look and see if he's, tra- see if he's been going, you know, get, you know, a few years on him. And I'm wondering if God is, is I've just been calling his name out every time I go by that driveway. And I had a pastor I grew up with, and he would do the same thing. He would, he would drive to the community. As he got to know people, he would call their names up before the Lord. What a way to evangelize. You know, start, some people go by blocks, and they walk, and they have prayer circles. What, what would happen if you begin to, to pray left and right as you go back to your home and the people that you know on the wayside? Or maybe there's people in your part, in apartments that you're, you're just calling out their names it don't have to be a long, long prayer. Is it, who, who else is going to call their names out if you don't? And I don't. I, mean, I think about that. I think about Clarence St. John, who would encourage the leadership when he would talk to the pastor. It was on his heart. Who else is going to pray for your kids if, if you don't? Who else, is gonna, who else is praying for you? for you? Everyone should have someone praying for them. And everyone should be praying for someone else. So I don't know how we could ever do this to sign people. I, I don't, I'm not very good at making lists, and I, I don't know how to do it, but I, I personally believe that I'm responsible to pray for you, and I do that from time to time. I will walk this back and forth to the pew. Sometimes I'll remember where you're sitting, so I, I begin to just pray over those, those, the people. Because it helps me. I believe God wants us to be a people that has his heart. We have adopted a, a mission statement. Love God. Love people. Love life. When you're loving God, all of a sudden it dawns on me. Oh, God loves people. How do I love, how do I, how am I doing with that? Do I care about their souls? I ought to. And we'll begin to call their names out. And then we just have an attitude for life in general. And whatever we do, this is a, this is a privilege and have an attitude. So would it, be, would it be fitting today if we, we could take a bit of time? Maybe there's some people on your hearts Maybe there's some names that are coming to you right now. Maybe there's some people that you know are hurting. Would it be, would it be fitting? We just have some time. You would pray for them.